As we read in the book of Psalms, children are gifted from God. Then refusing to have children, we are refusing the gift that God wants to give us. And also, there is selfishness here. Because the main reason I don't want to take the responsibility of raising kids. So why a person choose not to have kids? Children are gifts from God. And what if one spouse won't have kids and the other doesn't want? Why you deprive your spouse from his or her right to have children? Of course, this is not right. It reflects selfishness. So the second question is, what details of the inter-relationship, the intimacy in marriage, should or can a couple share with others, including a Intimate relationship is something very private. And actually, it should be private between the couple. You can get just general guidelines about what are the Christian and biblical principles in the intimate relationship. And both of you, you should keep this intimate relationship godly and pure. Just I want to bring two verses here, very important to know. First verse, First Thessalonians, chapter 4. Of course, there are more verses, but just I want to read these two verses for you. When St. Paul said, Each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. He's speaking about the intimate relationship. So he's saying, you as Christian should know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Why this verse is very important? Because some couples think that everything actually, because they are couple, they can do it. But St. Paul says, no. Not in passion of lusts like the Gentiles who do not know God. And some people, unfortunately, who watch pornography, they want actually everything they, they see it in these movies or whatever, they want to apply it. Of course, that's wrong. It's not right. So not everything actually you watch it or you see it is right in marriage. And St. Paul confirmed the, the same principle in Hebrews chapter 13. When he said, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. So here he is saying, you need to keep your bed undefiled. Not only adultery will make the bed undefiled, but ungodly practices in marriage can make the bed undefined. So, this is very personal. You should not speak about it with friends or whatever. There's something very, very private. You need to keep it, both of you. And with Abuna, just get guidelines if you are lacking or you don't know what's the biblical principles or what's the Christian principles. So just get guidelines from Abuna about what are the biblical principles and the godly principle for the intimate relationship.
But this is very personal, very private. We need to keep it private. Um, so the question is, as a church and now IPF, God closed the room, should it be accepted? As a church what? IVF. Yes, unless there is no destruction for fertilized ova. There are two opinions about when the, the fertilized ova is considered a human being. The common opinion, and that's actually until this moment it is the opinion of the church, that the fertilized ova is a human being. But there is another opinion says the human being, when it is implanted in the uterus, not during the time of fertilization. And each opinion has يعني, its support or evidences. But since until now, the settled opinion in the church that the fertilized ova is considered a full human being, then any destruction of fertilized ova is considered abortion and the church is pro-life abortion is a sin of murder that's why if you do IVF nothing wrong in it but be sure not to destroy the any fertilized ova so all the fertilized ova should be used how much should a couple tithe to the church pre-tax or post-tax? Make it simple. Any money comes into your account, you need to pay the, the tithes for it. And the more generous with God, the more generous God will be with you. The more generous you are with God, the more generous God will be with you. And then a church in the Southern Diocese decided actually to give 12% of their income each month for the poor and needy. 12% of their income, complete income. And this church, I can say, is the richest church in the Southern Diocese. And the more they give, the more God bless them. So if you give more, God will, will bless you. I feel my spouse serves too much, more for churches, and takes away from our social events. Is there such a thing as too much service? You need to have a balanced life. If you give time to the service on the expense of the time you spend with your spouse or your children, this is not right. Even with the clergy who dedicated their life completely, one of the important advices that usually is given to the clergy, make time for your family. St. Paul said, he should know how to manage his household well, otherwise how he will manage the Church of God. If you spend too much time in the service, on the expense your, your spouse needs you, or your children needs you, or the expense of your responsibility in the household, this is not right. You need to have balanced life, and you need to budget your time. Budget your time, this time for service, this time for my family, this time for my personal time with God, this time for relaxation, you need to budget your time. When we have a big fight over small things, and when we determine the true reason, what do we do next? Our fights never have a beneficial outcome. Number one, 
you should not have big fight over a small thing. But as I said yesterday, usually when you have a big fight over a small thing, most of the time there is a deeper issue, one of the six issues that we discussed yesterday. So thank God you are able to determine the true reason. So if the reason is control, if the reason is commitment, is the reason love and care, then you should actually help one another in discussing this reason. For example, control. Both of you should empower each other. No one should have control over the other person. If it's love and care, you need to understand the language of love of your spouse and you, to talk to him or her in the language. If there is insecurity about commitment, you need to see why the reason of this insecurity and you need to address this point together. So pray together, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, then see how to address this issue. For example, you can ask your spouse how I can make you secure about our commitment and, and listen to your spouse what he's going to tell you. And if you need guidance, you can go to your spiritual father, to a wise person who can guide you. That is the next step. Because you said our fight never have a beneficial outcome, that's too sad. If you disagree, don't turn it into a fight. But try to discuss your issues in a wise way and learn from your mistakes in order to build your house on the rock. God appointed the man to be the leader. And the leader doesn't mean the controller. And the leader doesn't mean all the time he has the final say. The leader means he leads in godliness and in wisdom in the fear of God. The best style of leadership is the servant leadership. The Lord Jesus Christ said about himself, and he's our leader, he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And also, the Lord washed the feet of the disciples. And he told us, if I am the master and I'm doing so, you need to wash the feet of one another. So, Yes, the man is the leader, but as the leader, you need actually to be a servant to your family, to serve your family, to serve your spouse, and to serve your children. About the final say, the final say should be the outcome of your discussion. And as a leader, you need to facilitate this discussion, and you need to make your spouse comfortable and feel safe when she opens up. And if her opinion is better than yours, nothing wrong with this. Or you together think about it until you come with a good conclusion. And God actually will judge the man for his leadership and will judge the woman for her submission. That's why St. Peter said a very important verse to both men and women. For women, he told them, for in this manner the former times the holy women who trusted in God, adorned themselves being submissive to their own husband. So the adornment of any woman 
it's a submission. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid of any terror. So, usually submission will become afraid. But he said, no, trust in God. And if you trust in God, you will not be afraid. Then he said to men, husband, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Weaker means delicate. And as being heir together of the grace of life. So he said, you need to be wise in dealing with your spouse, knowing that your wife is delicate, she is emotional. That is the, how God actually created women. And he said, they are heirs together with you of the grace of life. So they are equal in their value. They are equal in who they are before God. There is no men or women. And they will inherit the kingdom of God like men in equal. That's why he said something to men, that your prayers may not be hindered. So, if a man does not treat his wife well, when he prays, God will not accept his prayers. That's what St. Peter said, that your prayers may not be hindered. Is it, is it gambling to invest in the stock market? Stock investment, there are two times. Yani. I'm not expert in, in, in stock market or finances, but what I learned, there are two types of investment in the stock market. Sometimes you just buy some shares and leave them. And with time, actually, yes, the stock market go up and down, go up and down. But if you leave them for a long time, they will make money at the end because the, the, the shares with time so people are encouraged to do this if they don't need their money soon. If you're going to leave your money for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you can put, put them in stock market or just forget about them. With money, with time, they will make some interest. But there is another thing in the stock market. People make bids and you know, buy and sell uh, and see how the market goes. This is considered a type of gambling and it is addictive and put a lot of stress on the person. And as a Christian, we should not try to make money just the easy way by buying and selling and making bids or whatever. So if you are investing, just buying some shares and, and leaving them, nothing wrong with this. But the other type uh, actually is considered gambling. I selfish because I reject the priesthood that came to my husband. Uh, her husband was now made priesthood and she did not want it. So the wife doesn't want it. For a candidate to be ordained as a priest, six actually groups should approve the ordination. If any one of these six groups say no, then the ordination should not be done. The first one is the candidate himself. Number two, his wife and his children. Number three, the congregation. Number four, the father of confession. Number five, the priests in the area in which he will serve or in the diocese in which he will serve. And number six, the bishop. So if any one of these six groups say no, 
then the ordination should be suspended. As for the wife, يعني, her approval is very, very important. When some candidates were ordained without the approval of their wives, this was like a stumbling block in their ministry. You need to think why I'm speaking to the wives, why you are saying no. If you are scared or you have some wrong perception about priesthood, go and, and discuss it with Abuna, with the bishop, with your spiritual father, etc. But at the end, we should not pressure anybody or we should not make feel body, anybody guilty to accept priesthood. You should be willing and accepting happily. Otherwise, this would be a big challenge. Is God going to condemn you or judge you for saying no? No. God understands our weakness and our concern. So God will not actually be angry or uh, remove the blessing from a family if they say no to the priest. Just, yeah, I, I want to assure you about it. Can being too honest become a stumbling block for the other spouse? For example, revealing to a spouse a moment, a moment of weakness when they lost it after someone else. Every situation is different and there is no one answer that actually fits every, every couple and every marriage. And I think if there is a moment of weakness when they lost it after someone else, from knowing your spouse and how she's going to react to this, in the ideal marriage, as I said yesterday and today, honesty and openness should be actually 100%. There is complete transparency. But, as I said, every couple is different. And you need actually to be wise and you have discernment how to deal with each situation. Samuel, when God sent him to anoint David, he told him, if King Saul knows that I'm going to anoint David as a king, he will kill me. So God said to Samuel, if he asked you, tell him that you are going to offer sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did Samuel, he offered the sacrifice. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me and say Sayyidina is encouraging us not to be completely honest and not to be completely transparent. Because what I said yesterday about the managing your finances and what I said today in the lecture of friendship, I spoke about complete transparency, complete honesty, complete disclosure. But this means that both should be mature and have a spiritual maturity to be able to handle such delicate situation. So my answer, every couple is different. And if both of you are spiritual mature, then complete honesty and complete transparency actually will strengthen the bond and the friendship between both of them. But as I said again, it needs discernment. It needs discernment. You cannot just take one answer and apply it for every man. So how can I change my habit of negative interpretation? Reframing. What I mean by reframing? Look at it from a different frame of reference. For example, the sinful woman in the house of Simeon. His interpretation, she is sinful. The Lord admitted that she is a sinful woman, but he said she loved much. She repented. 
So he looked at her from a different perspective. Looking at the situation from a different perspective, a positive perspective, it needs a training. When you train yourself to think positively, this actually will be a great blessing in dealing not only with your spouse, but even with friends, with, with everything in your life, with work, etc. On the cross, when the Lord prayed for those who crucified Him, He looked at it from a positive perspective. For they don't know what they are doing. They don't know that He is the Son of God. Because if they know, as St. Paul said, He is the Son of God, they would not crucify the Lord of glory. So God actually gives them an excuse. Although any human being in, in, in this situation should be very angry at them. But the Lord, He wasn't. Because He looked at them from another perspective. It's not illusion. It's a reality. They don't know what they would do. Any situation, you can look at it from a positive perspective or a negative perspective. And I'm sure all of you know the cup that's half full. You can say it's half empty or you can say it, it's half full. It's the same cup, but how you look at it. What does your parents think about shortly after having a child, leaving the child with our parents and go on vacation to distress of my spouse? If you are uh, leave your child with your parents for a small time, and just one week or whatever, two, three days. You can do this, but I don't know what the word shortly here you mean. Yani, uh, second week after delivery, Muslim. <laughs> yani, be wise, yani. spend some time with your child and then you can go on vacation. You can go on a vacation and leave your child with your parents for a short time also. Somebody sending a bank account question. They have four accounts. Each person has a separate account. One is a saving account, and the fourth one is a joint account. Do you even see an issue with this? That's fine, but who has access to these accounts? The separate account is separate account. That's what I said yesterday about the recreational account. So if one he has his own account, he can spend the from. But then the saving or investment. Both of you should have access to this account and the joint account joins, so both of you should have access to And actually, for the recreational account, that's your allowance, not the major income. If somebody is making 10000 maybe he will put two or 3000 in the joint account and 1000 like in the saving account, and then he will keep 5000 for himself and it's a separate account. It's how you, you, you agree, yani. I'm not here to tell you how you manage your money. But in my opinion, the separate account should have like your allowance, what you're gonna use, what we call it recreational account. You're gonna take on some $100, $200 every week, and that's it. But the joint account is the operational account, your expenses. You pay your mortgage from it, you pay any expenses. And then the, the rest of the money should be in the saving and the investment. But the saving and investment, all of you should have access to it. Your eminence used the term generous and stingy. These can be very subjective terms. Uh, would you 
when a person does not provide for essential needs when your family have essential needs and you don't provide for it this is stingy especially if you have the money like the example that I give you yesterday in the, the husband let, because he did not pay the electricity bill so he turned off the electricity generous when actually you provide for the wants I'm sure you know the difference between the need and the wants so you, you support or you give for the wants especially if the wants are reasonable and at the end I agree with you it is subjective terms so it can differ from one person to another person his own book Shenouda the best memory he was speaking about time write a check for مثلا $300.52 اكتب $301 ده بيبين واحد يعني is not, is not generous the simple يعني answer to this think about a godly woman like Saint Mary what would she do if Saint Mary in your place in your situation how Saint Mary would dress how Saint Mary spoke to Joseph Carpenter how Saint Mary reacted when she attended the wedding at Cana of Galilee what she was wearing in the wedding did she dance at the wedding yeah, all these questions actually can tell you what modesty is what should I do if we have an in-law trying to be invasive or create division between the spouses how do we deal with this even if we try sometimes the in-laws try to be very very invasive and creating division as you said but let me tell you some principles number one if both of you love one another and you understand one another you need to put up and endure your in-laws if they are crossing their boundaries second principle be assertive not aggressive you can say in, in a very respectful way I don't want my son to go to this place and I'm asking you to respect our decision the third principle don't always complain to your spouse about his or her mother or father because they are my parents whether they are good or bad they are my parents and sometimes you know the spouse here doesn't know what he should do he sympathizes with his spouse or her spouse but they are his or her parents so accept and forgive and endure patiently another principle don't let your spouse deal with your parents if you are seeing your parents crossing the boundary it is you who should tell them not let your spouse speak to them another principle don't always always defend your parents even when they are wrong because your spouse here will feel that you are not honest if your spouse came and complained about something and you can say yes they are wrong when you say yes they are wrong in doing this you make the other person feel accepted supported encouraged 
he's not crazy in, in well, she's not crazy in her complaining. In the end, you can say they are our parents. We need to just put up with them, and I will talk to my mother. I will talk to my father about it. And you take the responsibility. Don't let them confront each other. They will accept from you, but they will not accept from their son or daughter. And the final point here, if you have unhealthy attachment with your parents, this can be destructive to your marriage. Yes, we need to be attached and we honor our parents, but I'm speaking about unhealthy attachment. I, spend, I won't spend the time with them more than with my family. I defend them all the time, even if they are wrong. I'm not turning you against your parents. All of us, we have commandment to honor our parents, but we need actually to learn how to set healthy boundaries with them. But unhealthy attachment to the parents or to the family can be very, very destructive to the friendship in marriage. Two more questions. As a married couple, how much time hanging out with friends separately is too much? How much time has a person? 20 minutes, yeah? <laughs> What answer are you expecting from me? It's different from a couple to another couple to another couple. But let me take the principles. For example, if you enjoy spending time with your friends more than with your spouse, then you need actually to work in the friendship in your marriage. Because gradually, you are spending time outside with your friends and get all your needs satisfied through your friends. Second principle, if your spouse is complaining, you need actually to discuss this issue with him. Is his complaint yani, justified or not? Do you spend too much time on the expense of your responsibility at your house or not? And the third principle, are you faithful and wise in your own responsibility? So do you attend to the needs of your house? Do you spend enough time with the children? Do you have enough time with your spouse or not? And as I said about the person who is spending too much time in the church, again, spending too much time with the friends, not right. You need to budget your time. You need to have a balanced life. Balanced life.